evening, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Geeks Who Haunt. Tonight, I am joined yet again by Lord Commander Ulrich. Wait, what's going on? It can't be October. It's October already? No, I'm just... Man, I gotta get some Count Chocula. Ulrich, it's not. And I gotta plan Bootober. Man, I'm behind on that one. Ulrich, well, you just listened to me. It's not October. And if it's October and you're recording, that means... No, no, I'm not watching The New Grudge or The Boy 2 Brahms Revenge or whatever terrible movie you want me to watch. Ulrich, shut the frick up. It is not October. So, no Count Chocula? No. It's not a normal episode. This is just a fun episode. So, like Halloween 3. Has the name Halloween, but is never referenced again? Sure. Um, we're not going to be talking about terrible movies tonight. We're going to be talking about the new movie that came out, The Invisible Man. I decided that I wanted to do this movie on its own instead of waiting until October to do it when it's not so relevant because I know we're all quarantined and I know we should all have something fun. And The Invisible Man was a fun movie, so let's have fun. That works. (laughs) All right. So... First of all, I have to ask, because I forgot to ask before. Is this like a remake of The Old Invisible Man? Yes, this is the only project to... Remember The Dark Universe, right? Sure. That was Universal's big. They were going to do Avengers, but with movie monsters. And first there was Dracula Untold, and no one watched Dracula Untold. Then there was The Mummy, and no one watched The Mummy. Yeah. So then they canceled it all, but except for this, they're like, well, let's do this one on a micro-budget through Blumhouse and go from there. Well, Blumhouse has come out with some good movies. Blumhouse has also done some terrible movies, but... Still, I I have overall enjoyed some Blumhouse movies that, you know, the movies that have come out through Blumhouse. Anyway, I was asking about that because I vaguely remember watching the original Invisible Man. Wasn't that the one with the Kevin Bacon dude and he went invisible? That's the Hollow Man. Oh, that's the Hollow Man. Then I guess I have not seen I was really excited for a moment, like, wait, you've seen the original old school black and white Invisible Man? No, I've seen the Hollow Man. That makes me sad. I didn't know that. Sorry, guys. So I guess I don't know what I'm talking about. No, it's, you know, it was based on the book by H.G. Wells, which is an incredible book. And then there was a movie. And then I think this was originally going to be Johnny Depp and... Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't have worked. Oh, for a multitude of reasons. But no, uh, this is directed by Leigh Whannell, uh, James Wan's writing partner on Saw. And you can tell that there's genius on both sides of that one. Yeah, no, I loved it. Um, we'll talk more about it, but I wanna, I kept telling Ulrich as we watched it, I loved their use of silence. Mm-hmm. Silence, and but it wasn't a deafening silence. It was very, a very suspicious vengeful silence like they did such a good job at it yeah it's i'm starting to notice i originally credited it to james wan as a type of filmmaking but it, I, i'm seeing it more and more and it's that most people don't realize that we use music and movies to help us determine the mood yeah and he this will have spoilers so we'll, we'll yeah. get to that one. if you don't know all of my episodes are always spoilered but you can rent this right now and have a huge watch party that's what we did with our patrons anyways there's one particular scene we'll come to later which was all about using our perception of noise to reassure us that everything was okay when it wasn't yeah but i feel like they were able to play the silence almost like music because going in, you knew things weren't going to be okay. But from the very beginning, it was silent for her escape out of that place. There was no music. There was just the tension of her trying to get out. And the music, and the, not the music, the the sound from the environment around her. Like, 
one of the fun facts the director has, you know, came on saying, because he did a huge Q&A and he's been talking with people and showing all sorts of thought processes. But if you notice, the entire house has hardwood floors. Yeah. And he says that was a specific choice because he imagined the character, whose name I'm forgetting, did that so we'd always be able to hear where she was in the house. Yeah, but if it's a newer house and you have hardwood floors, it's not going to creak. No, it's more this hardwood doesn't dampen sound. Mm, depending on how you walk, I guess. Well, that was what his explanation. He made a choice, and that's what I like about this movie is, you know, the more you talk about it, there was no wasted, like, nothing is coincidence. Like, he planned everything mm-hmm. down to naming the characters. Like, all the character names have some symbolism to them. Yeah. So. We probably explain the plot. We'll, you know, just circle back to that one. She's got an abusive, crazy, super talented boyfriend. She wants to get away. She does get away. He fakes his own death. Then he turns himself, quote-unquote, invisible and stalks her and creates this whole thing of, you know, making she making her appear crazy to everybody else. All the while, she knows she's not crazy and she knows it's his game because that was his thing. He always made it seem like it was on her somehow, like she was the crazy one. It's and in the end, Stalker it, 101. Really. Oh, yeah. Well, abuse. Yeah, basic abuse stuff. Um, And in the end, you know, she triumphs, and it's a great turn at the end, but... Yeah, I can't believe, like, this is really an amazing story on its own. Oh, yeah. With just, then they layered some horror sci-fi over the top. Yeah. No, um, it, it made me uncomfortable at times, but it did make me uncomfortable for a multitude of reasons and stuff. Um... But I loved the little things. Like, I love that he was able to get his brother, a lawyer, kind of played into this mm-hmm. and everything. What do we want to specifically talk about? That this movie and how it's directed, one, it's incredibly well shot. Like, the oh, yeah. movie looks incredible. And it has a great, huge, they know that you, the audience, knows there's an invisible man. So you're watching the negative space. So it will pause on empty negative spots and go... Is he in that corner? Or am I just taking a picture of a wall right now? You'll never know. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, we've got to talk about how, you know, she went back to the house and was all snooping around and stuff like that, and she found the suit. Yeah, that suit's holy hell. See, and people have said, like, when I saw that scene and everything, I was like, I hope people that have, um, what is it called, tryptophobia? No. Yeah, it's tryptophobia, I think. The problem with eyes or uh, holes. holes or whatever. I was like, oh god, man, I feel so bad for the people that are watching this right now that have that and everything. And then, like, it was even creepier with the eye movement of the cameras and stuff. But, I don't know, I don't... People were saying, you know, it's almost like with all the cameras and everything on that suit, it's almost like, you know, always watching and shit like that. I don't know. I I think that was intentional, that that was designed on purpose, that he did that specifically, be, you know, kind of like he was always watching her with the cameras hidden all over the place. Mm-hmm. And that's why he designed the suit like that. But he also said that the sound for the things was specifically designed to be one part clicking camera, one part insects, mm-hmm. because he thought that was the most unsettling sounds he could think of. And it does have a very unique sound that just kind of made your skin crawl a bit. Okay, I have to say... Because it bugged the shit out of me, and I feel like it's probably one of my biggest eh about the movie, if not the only one. 
the part when she's in the fucking mental institute and she goes oh. into the shower with that um that fountain pen and is like you know you're not gonna have me or the baby or whatever and she stabs herself right where the vein is running up and down the arm and drags it down and then you know he he attacks her stuff the whole time she is not bleeding there's no blood anywhere. There's a tiny bit of blood on her arm. And I'm like, bitch, you hit that artery hard. Uh-huh. You dragged down hard. You would be bleeding out right now. Yeah, it's the only real weak bit of the entire movie, which is saying something. Yeah. I don't know. I wish that they would have done something with that. Like, you know, don't make it. Don't just have her jab it right in her arm and drag down and stuff and be like, nah, man, she's not bleeding. Do you think she keeps the baby? I think she does. Because, like, the director's kind of came out and said he didn't want a definitive answer. Mm -hmm. But he has said that he believes she did and that she poured all the love she had for her sister into the baby. Yeah. And, like, that's that's a nicer, happier note. We'll see. So let's talk about that, uh... That sister scene? Yeah. Okay. So we were watching it and everything. And I... When the sister walks into the restaurant and they sit down and start talking and everything, I, honest to God, thought... Her sister was going to be open and she was going to listen to what, you know, she had to say and was going to actually be on her side, even though, you know, she probably still thought her sister was a little bit crazy and stuff. I thought things were going to go good. And then all of a sudden to have that knife come out of fucking nowhere, slit her throat and then to fly back into the. Oh, my God. Oh, hell yeah. That shocked the crap out of me because that came out of freaking nowhere. Yep. That was an incredible scene, and the yeah. uh, Winnell has gone on and said everything about that scene was constructed to mislead you. The annoying waiter, the music, the lighting, everything was set to make you feel comfortable because we've been trained through watching movies that, okay, this is a say we're safe. He wanted you to feel like uh, she did, and so when that happened, you would feel just as shocked and betrayed. And holy shit. Yeah. Goddamn. Yeah. That was just like, oh... Why didn't I think of that? <clears throat> and no. he is truly... They, they do a great job making him truly sinister and evil. Mm-hmm. Like, this guy... They do a lot with a little. Yeah. Like, hiding his phone up in the attic with all of her um, sketches and stuff like that. The lengths he went to to terrify her, to make her feel insane was crazy. Mm-hmm. No, they did a great job of, you know, playing, taking the abuser's handbook. And yeah. The language he used, and right up until the end when he's denying, it's like, well, I was just a victim as much as you were. I, I would never do that to me. And, you know, trying to put them in like, well, you know, you made me do these things. Mm-hmm. That classic, that one, you know, every Dr. Phil, Maury, every single daytime, uh, what have you. So let's talk about that ending. Which, hot damn, again, didn't see that coming, but was still, holy sweet Jesus, that was perfect. Because I thought she was going to be able to somehow, like, I thought maybe she was going to lure him into bed and try and do sex or something like that to get him to admit to what he had done and shit. Like, I thought that they were really going to go the whole route of him exposing himself, not... Her going to the bathroom, jumping in the suit real quick, going out there, making it look like he killed himself, then run to the bathroom, unsuit, and then run back out and do a whole big crying, oh my god, you know, call uh-huh. 911 scene. Yeah, no. Because she did it so quickly that it almost did make it seem like 
holy crap, who's in that suit? Because there's no way she was able to walk into that bathroom, get dressed up as quickly as she did, turn it on, walk out there, do that, walk back in there, or, you know, run, whatever, be able to strip down, get it all stuffed and everything, and then fucking come back out. Suspension disbelief. But, no, it really was great because she tried. She was like, all right, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to do this the way, you know, illegally should be done. But he's too confident. He's too smart in and of himself. Mm -hmm. He's not going to do it. So we're going to do it my way. And even the conversation with her cop friend when he's like, what did you do? And she's like, what do you mean? He killed himself. Mm -hmm. You heard it. You'll see it on the videotape that he killed himself. And he's like, no. And she looks at him. You saw what he did. You heard what he said. He killed himself. Okay. Yeah, and then she <clears throat> walks off. <laughs> well, there's like they. I do wonder if they are going to try and resurrect the Dark Universe because this movie made a lot of money, even though it came right before the Dark Times. Yeah. But they have her keep the suit, so there's still another suit out there. They could still go. Well, okay, now she's the Invisible Woman, and we can do another series of that. Someone else can get this. They kind of left themselves open. And we'll see what's happening because now apparently they want to build on the success and do Dracula. And I'm really curious, like, it can be done. If you're going to do as interesting and out there concepts as you did with this, I think you've mm-hmm. got it, – it really is it's not telling the same stories over again, which is kind of a problem that horror has fallen into is it gets a bit redundant. Mm-hmm. And this was like no – story we've seen in a while i mean hollow man he eventually became like that or some of the formula made him like that and it was more tied to the original i don't remember it's been a long ass time since anyone saw hollow man no this was an incredible movie and uh rent it or buy it or yeah we're gonna buy it i think that's gonna go into halloween rotation oh yeah yeah all right so we're at that time again um alert what do you have to plug? Uh, well, I'm here and I'm not watching a terrible movie. So I'm going to suggest you go watch Geeks with Shields. We are the brother podcast to Geeks Who Haunt. We provide a nerdy escape in this, the darkest timeline. Especially now that it is part of the darkest timeline. Yeah, that's getting less fun to say. I know. <laughs> All right, my listeners, I bring to you horror tip number 477. Sometimes you're being haunted, and sometimes you're just being stalked by your tech bro ex. Have a good night.